Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the August 2nd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you have not already, please follow Local Matters on Facebook. And of course, we also invite you to subscribe on YouTube. Before we get started with our guest today, I do want to invite you to listen to another podcast. And that is one that I appeared on. Uh, I was with a fantastic woman named Bridget Brown Jackson out of Detroit, Michigan. The name of the podcast is Powerful. And we talked about some of the challenges that we have to overcome in order to achieve success. I had a wonderful time speaking with her and that is available on our Local Matters Facebook page. So please go there and take a listen to that conversation. Local Matters family, today we are blessed with the presence of Mr. Wallace White. He is with AARP and he is going to talk to us about a number of things that are happening on the national level with ARRP and what the organization is, as well as some things that is that are happening on the local level. How are you doing today, Wallace? Doing good, Ms. Janice. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your program. I tell you, it's truly an honor, you know, being able to meet you virtually like this and, and also just being able to have an opportunity to speak about the great things we do at ARRP Georgia. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, you are a local person. Yes. And um, one of my traditions here on Local Matters is that before we get into the meat of the topic, we ask our guests to share a little bit about themselves because it kind of helps the audience connect uh, with the guests. So if you could tell us about your roots here in Augusta, and where you went to school and some things like that, that will help us get started. Yes, ma'am. Um, it, it's amazing because I am a native son here of Augusta. Um, I'm honored to call Augusta my home. I'm honored to be back in Augusta, you know, from my, you know, schooling. But um, born and reared here, um, came from, you know, two-parent loving family, um, you know, phenomenal people who my mom is a retired educator. Um, my dad is a retired business person and also a retired uh, veteran of the United States Air Force. And um, they definitely are community grounded and community oriented. I have a um, younger sister who, her and I, we attended A.R. Johnson um, Health Science and Engineering Magnet School when it was just literally a high school. Now A.R. Johnson is, as you know, middle school and high school. So uh, I'm honored to be, you know, called that my alma mater there. I um, went to Georgia State University and received two uh, baccalaureate degrees. One is in public administration. The other one is in gerontology, the study of older adults. Um, I received my master's degree in public administration at Walden University in Minnesota and received so many other certifications throughout the way from different places like Stanford University um, and another of other um, great institutions. Um, but more importantly, my love for seniors is what really drives me. I, my great grandmother who passed away at 103 years old, uh, when I was three years old, I used to love just sitting with her and just talking about you know, how she grew up and listened to her upbringing and, you know, how she was able to survive and make the family thrive. 
um, despite being born in 18, 1897. And it's just amazing because you ask somebody their birthday, a lot of times we'll say, well, I was born in 19 something something or 2000 something something. But to have somebody say, well, I was born in 1897, I mean, it's just, it's a whole different type of mindset. Um, so my love for a lot of the seniors and my passion for what I do actually comes a lot from my grandmother and also from the amount of people that have really put me in this position because I stand on the, the shoulder of giants, Ms. Janice. Um, so many people that I've helped along the way and helped me to develop who I am comes from not only but my seniors that I love truly that are family members and friends, but also people in the community, you know, things that, I, you know, my, my educators that I, you know, grew up from, um, uh, local pastors here in the in, in the community. It's just, I'm literally a microcosm of Augusta. So that's why I said I'm a native son of Augusta and I know Augusta very well. Um, I tell you, I, I can go down, you know, the, you know, do politics and talk about the mayors who I work with and helping people get in, you know, positions as far as different campaigns, such a good friend of mine who I still miss today, Representative Quincy Murphy and Representative Wayne Howard, um, phenomenal people and families in the community. And like I said, you know, they're mentors to me, you know, so I, I can go on down the line of, you know, the, you know, the history of Augusta and things like that. But more importantly, you know, I wanted to come back because I had opportunities to be in Atlanta and other places, but I always wanted to come back to Augusta because for me, Augusta is my home, it's my city. There's so much great things that we can do here in Augusta, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prime example of that. Excellent, excellent. So you came by the gerontology degree, honestly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. From your family relationships. Yes, ma'am. I, I love my, I love my seniors and I love my older adults. I, I'm probably one of the most genuine persons you'll meet. When it comes to the senior populations, I can literally talk to them all day long because I, I just I get giddy. You can, you can see me smiling now. I'm, I'm literally excited about what our grandparents have taught us and what our forefathers have taught us, particularly when it comes to getting older, taking care of yourself, saving up for you know a brighter future, taking care of your family, love God. You know, it's just a number of great things I can talk to you about that I got those my rearing from a lot of those grandparents. Excellent, excellent. As you mentioned the term senior, yes. you talked about older adults, you talked about seniors. What, what is a senior citizen? Is there a specific age cut off? I mean, what does it take to be one? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because that's actually a hot topic. You know, if you look at the federal definition of what a senior is, is a person that's going to be 60 plus. And when I say the federal definition, because of that, that's also tied to a lot of federal programs like the Community Care Services Program, what we call CCSP in the community, or home and community-based services. So a lot of times when you hear things, entities like I have to pay homage to with the areas on aging, where I developed my, also my love from aging for over 19 years here in the Augusta area, the CSRA um, Regional Commission, areas on aging. Um, under the auspices of Andy Crossan and Jeanette Cummings. You know, these are pillars in the community that does phenomenal work. So again, like I said, I stand on the shoulder of giants, Ms. Janice. And, you know, a lot of times I got my start of my development from those individuals there. And for me, I never loved, I, I never like to say goodbye to a situation. It's always, you know, I see you later. So they really gave me a platform over my 19 years for me to develop my skills for seniors. And then I moved on to other great things. And now it led me to AARP Georgia. So it's just amazing how even though I'm here, I'm still connected to those entities that brought me here um, by doing different projects in the community with them, do going to different conferences, helping the community out. That's why I said Augusta's home to me and I want to see it flourish. And I know I'm not the only one here that feels that way. That's right. That's right. Now, you said that federal definition of senior is 60. 
60 plus, then okay. you have then you have other entities that will say, well, as long as you're 50 plus, for instance, ARP, where you know, once mm-hmm. you get close to 50, you started getting things in the mail saying, hey, you're getting close to be, you know, getting eligible mm-hmm. for ARP. That's that 50 plus. So for me, uh, I know for so many people, I would say if you're looking at a federal definition, it's 60 plus. If you're looking at from our ARP standpoint, it's 50 plus. Okay. Okay. All right. Just wanted to clarify that. Yes, ma'am. It just depends. <laughs> I guess also people say, well, it, it depends. You know, if I, I'll be 60 plus if I get a discount. So it all depends on who you talk to. <laughs> you know, oh, that conversation. That's right. And as we talk about discounts, first off, I want you to describe what your current job is with AARP, and then we'll talk some more about the role of AARP in the the community. So please please tell us about your new job. Yes, ma'am. I'm honored to be a part of what we call our AARP family. Um, My current job title, I am the advocacy, I'm the what we call the Associate State Director of Advocacy and Rural Outreach. What that means is anywhere that's considered rural Georgia is my territory, which is amazing because, again, you think about how large Georgia is, um, that's a large feat for one person. But I'm so thankful that I have 11 other cohorts that I call my colleagues at the Georgia State Office um, that we go out and we make sure that we can cover Georgia very well. My emphasis areas would be Augusta, Columbus, Savannah, and Macon. Those are my four major cities that I have the responsibilities for. Now, I say those are the four that I have responsibilities for, but for me, in my mindset, anywhere between those four cities of Augusta, Macon, Savannah, and Columbus is going to be my territory. So if someone calls me and they're in Waynesboro, Georgia, and they say, well, Wallace, you know, we, uh, I would love for you to come out for a health fair to really help promote what ARP does. I'll, you know, I look forward to being there. But when I say I, there's no I in what I do. And what I mean by that is we rely heavily on volunteers. So volunteers is what we call the backbone of AERP. So anytime that you see me out in the community, I'm going to have volunteers with me because we're interested in really making sure that we can get a new volunteers because I know with COVID, everyone was at home and now people are trying to be more engaging on the outside, trying to do some things now in the community. So we're looking for new volunteers. But also for me, I want to retain the volunteers that we have. I want to make sure that they're stronger than ever. So when we go back out and do different community programs, whether it's a fraud event, um, a fraud shredding event, whether it could be talking about um, prescription drugs or, you know, either talking about um, how we can make sure that those incidents are capped at $35, what the President Biden was talking about. You know, want to make sure these are initiatives that we talk about on a regular basis. And again, I can't do it by myself. We rely heavily on volunteers. And that's a blessing when we, when you think about that. Because um, again, we, I can't be in you know four major cities at once, but we have a core volunteer team, the executive volunteer teams that can help do the work. Um, so it's just amazing how we are blessed in the situation to be able to do such great things for so many people with the amount of people that we have on staff as well as volunteers that's helping us along the way. Excellent. As you start thinking about those various um, responsibilities, you know, I know for me and probably most of us, when we hear the letters AARP, we're thinking about discounts at a restaurant or a hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you are alluding to responsibilities that are much broader than that. So can you just speak a little bit more to what the role and purpose of AARP really is. 
Ms. Tannis, the role and purpose of AARP is to make sure that we can be a voice to any, to, I don't want to say, or sound cliche is when I say we want to be a voice for the voiceless, because I know a lot of people, they say that, but we want to help make sure that we are the voice of those 50 plus. Any conversation, any issues that affect anyone that's 50 years old and older, we want to be at the forefront of those issues. There's so many things that we have coming out now, uh, Ms. Janice, but when you, when you look at AARP in a whole, we are an advocacy organization wanting to make sure that we can do all we can for people 50 plus. Uh, we want to make sure that we can engage and excite our volunteers that we have um, throughout the nation. Every state here in the United States have volunteers at AARP, which is so amazing. And also every state has an AARP state office. Like for instance, here in Georgia, our state office is in Atlanta. So I'm just so thankful to be a part of such a, a, a large organization. I'll tell you, Janice, from my personal perspective also, um, outside, before I was at AARP, I thought I knew what AARP was all about. But once I became an employee of AARP and seeing how massive the scope is and how AARP's hand is in things such as through A through Z, it's just amazing seeing how large AARP truly is, whether it comes to federal legislation, whether it comes to um, state or local legislation, where there has thing, issues about caregiving. You know, how many of us have been a caregiver at one point in time, trying to find resources in the community to really assist with those things? Uh, a major topic that we're talking about now is ending the digital divide. Uh, and I know we here at AARP Georgia, particularly, we're doing some green things here that are groundbreaking in the nation by partnering with the appropriate persons and entities when it comes to ending that digital divide. Um, when you look at people working at different manufacturing plants or just working in general and not having retirement to save on, we have initiatives that we have called Work and Save that we want to help teach employers the value of um, really educating those individual employees of how they can really save whether they have a 401k or not. Make sure they can put some things aside so that way they can make sure they can have a brighter future. So when I tell you AARP is mostly in, in reference to advocacy, but it's more importantly, we'll, we'll focus on any issue that affects the 50 plus population. Excellent, excellent. So thank you for that definition. And if you could take that a step further and describe some of the local initiatives here in the Augusta area that, that you and AARP are at the forefront of. Yes, ma'am. One of the things I can show you as, as examples, I know my predecessor, and my great friend and colleague, Ms. Alice Bennett, that, who also sends her love, uh, not only to you, Ms. Janice, but also for the city of Augusta. And you um, know, I've, I've known Alice for years. I know she <laughs> told you that. I've known <laughs> Alice dating back to when I was working in Charlotte. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Well, you know, great people like ourselves, you know, we, we, we walk in the same circle. So it's, it's amazing right. how that, that happens, you know, how God works that things out. But I know she definitely has done phenomenal work when it comes to Augusta getting their age-friendly designation um, as you in the city may remember with, you know, Mayor uh, Hardy Davis and Commissioner Bill Lockett, who are really spearheaded Augusta getting that designation. What was interesting about that, I, and I don't know if people really understand the scope of the importance of that, Ms. Janice, but anytime that you have a city that's going to be considered age-friendly or again, that designation for age-friendly, you're telling employers, this is a great city to come into because you are doing things with the ADA compliance. If, because when you look at it, if it's good for older people, it'd be great for um, children as well. So getting safe streets, 
getting, you know, livable communities, getting things such as a sidewalk or just, you know, pedestrian crossing, things that, you know, for some people, they just take for granted, say, well, we already have those things. It takes that designation to really take your city a step further. It also gives you that designation through the World Health Organization. And this is an, an international designation. So if you have an employer that may have their um, headquarters in Rome, Italy, they start looking at those cities in America saying, you know what, I want to put place my new manufacturing plant somewhere that's going to be designated as, you know, an age-friendly city. So with Augusta getting that age-friendly designation, um, I want to say we're number three, believe it or not, of those age-friendly designations. Macon, I know, is number one because they were, they were the first ones to get it. Um, Augusta was either two or three. It, we, we were neck and neck with Savannah. Though, you know, so again, out of those three, I know we're in the top three, let me say that. But getting that designation, it helps because when you look at those cities like Macon, Augusta, Savannah, look how the e-commerce is really, really populated. Look how things in the communities have really blossomed. Look how using the age-friendly designation, working with local politicians, your local senators, your local representatives, local school systems, local DOT, um, Department of Transportation, different entities involved. Look how far we have really gotten, even with that age-friendly designation. And I know we're going to go further, continue the work, particularly with our new mayor, you know, Mayor you know Garnett Johnson, and, and his you know establishment. We definitely want to make sure that we can do all we can with making sure that Augusta maintains that age-friendly designation, let people understand the reasons why we want to continue doing those things, and also, more importantly, make sure that we can continue being part of that part of that top five um, throughout the whole nation here in, in America. It's amazing because now when you look at cities in America, a lot of places they're trying to get that age-friendly designation and some are successful, some are not. It all comes down to having that great community support um, through local leaders as well as local consumers as well. That's what makes Augusta so dynamic when it comes to the age-friendly designation. And my goal is to make sure that we can continue having those conversations, continue putting the, the, the mark high when it comes to the city of Augusta, particularly when it comes to the age-friendly designation, because it's so vitally important. When you look at how industry has increased over the past five to 10 years with that age-friendly designation that we have compared to where we were before, it's a nine day difference. That's an excellent point. I um, I always looked at it, um, and sometimes you know, being in the role where I was, you have to look at everything as an economic development driver. Um, and I actually saw age friendly in that regard because, you know, see how much Florida has grown when it became a retirement state for folks. Mm -hmm. So Augusta, I think, has enormous potential as a location where people who may not want to go as far south as Florida, but still want to move to a warmer climate, would choose our location because we are friendly for people who are older. Ms. Janice, I agree with you, with you on that. Mass, add one more point to the age-friendly designation. Sure. Sure. We have an opportunity, and I say we, we as being Georgians, have an opportunity to be one of the first age-friendly state in the nation. Um, we okay. have, we are literally out of our 155 counties in um, the state of Georgia, we have about maybe 100, less than 110 counties that's considered age-friendly. And what we're doing, we're partnering with all the, reg the regional commissions throughout the state of Georgia. I know six out of the 12 have already been a, a part of the age-friendly designation conversation. We're working on the other six now to make sure that Georgia can be the first state to be age-friendly. What does that mean? 
I mean, you think about Governor Kemp and you think about his initiatives of making sure that Georgia is number one in the nation for the economic development. We think about the transportation, when you think about the shipping in Savannah and, and other you know, ports of the state, when you think about um, you know, the railroads, when you think about, like you said, the economic, um, the economic driver, Governor Kemp is gung-ho when it comes to making sure that Georgia is going to be considered age-friendly. This is another reason why I say it's so important for us to continue having that, because once we get that designation of the first age-friendly state, think about the business that Georgia will receive. Think about all the grants Georgia will receive that will help all of us. So again, that's why we're working so hard to make sure that we can continue doing the work of age-friendly, because that'd be such an impressive um, feat for the city, you know, for the state of Georgia to have that age-friendly designation. And we're very close, Ms. Janice, getting that done. So again, um, you'll definitely see more and more about that in the newspaper in, in weeks and months to come. But um, I don't want to say you heard it here first from me, but literally <laughs> one thing that we, 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 are, we are making sure that we, we take care and we see um, that torch being lit at the end, saying that we won this fight, because again, it's such an honor to be able to have that recognition, not only from the city of Augusta, but from a state perspective, it, it's, it's unheard of. That's, that's excellent. So maybe if that comes through, we'll have you back as a guest. You can rejoin us to talk all about that. When it, yes, ma'am. I bring the torch yeah. at all. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, you make mention of grants, and I just highlight to the AARP uh, gives grants. I think it's the Community Challenge Grant, I believe is. There's several okay. categories. Community Challenge is the one that I'm most familiar with um, yes. by virtue of some consulting work I've done. Um, yes. So there are lots of things that AARP gets involved in that enhances the lives of seniors. Yes, that's so okay. true. It, okay. It's amazing because I know we have some of the winners that's going to be announced um, sometime this week. I believe as far as for 2023, but I know last week I was at a, a meeting, if, if I have time to say this, I was at a meeting with the Savannah River Keepers. And there was a, a lady who was a part of an organization called Goodness Gracious. I believe that's the name it is. I hope I'm saying the name right. But in the meeting last week, we were talking about senior hunger and how we can really make sure that we can eliminate a lot of these food deserts, which we are familiar with also here in the city of Augusta. But looking at that, the entity of Goodness Gracious, they received one of the grants from uh, previous years, um, as far as, you know, from the, you know, the Community Foundations for Grant. And it was just amazing how I was part of the, you know, the room, I was representing ARP, and this was the first time that I heard that she received that information from us. So for me, it, it, it does my heart well. There's other organizations like Oak Street Health, um, there's also mm -hmm. recipients of that community grant. So again, there's a lot of recipients. When you hear people receiving grants, a lot of times people say, well, you know, those are going to be in major cities. They're not going to come to smaller cities. But guess what, folks? We have some award winners here in the Augusta areas, and I'm sure there's a whole lot more. So again, um, I'm looking forward to seeing who are the winners for this 2023 year and for those who want to participate and be eligible, maybe possibly for 2024, um, def definitely pay attention go to the website of ARP.org and definitely you can see more information about those grants. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, one more program uh, that I really would like you to highlight related to uh, retirement and getting prepared for retirement. I think you all are doing something pretty exciting around that issue also. Yes, we have um, ARP. We're partnered with um, the Social Security Administration. And what we're doing is we're doing a pilot called the SSA Do-It-Yourself or DIY Pop-Up Kit, 
what that means is uh, we have the responsibility of going out doing presentations talking about the importance of those individuals um, whether you work in a public or private sector make sure that you can really save up for your retirement um, I know for us here in the Augusta area, uh, my colleagues my, and my volunteers and I, we have gone out to different health fairs um, to really promote this. The first one that we've done was the um, second annual um, health fair that, we, that was given on June the 3rd by um, Medical Associates Plus. It was in honor of um, my good friend and mentor, um, Representative Quincy Murphy. It was a health fair that was given on under under for you know showing him homage of of all of the work he's done. During that time, we did the pop up kit, and literally, what was the draw here, Ms. Dennis, is I don't know whether you see uh, or watch the television show The Price Is Right. If you're familiar with the plinko board um, that you you kind of play plinko, you put a chip down it, and wherever it falls, you win the you know the prize money or whatever the the gift is for the day. We have also done things with that, that we have a huge Plinko board that participants, once you want to learn more about your Social Security and retirement, um, you know, once you get that information, you have the opportunity to play Plinko. It's so amazing seeing a lot of our elderly, a lot of our younger folks, uh, whether you're men, women, whether you may have a physical um, impairment, whatever it could be, everyone was drawn like a moth to a flame to that Plinko, including myself. So again, I'm playing Plinko. You know, my colleagues are playing Plinko, volunteers are playing Plinko, the community was playing Plinko. But it was such amazing because again, at the bottom of the Plinko boards, you, you have different type of dollar amounts. I'm not saying that we're going to give money out, but dollar amounts as far as you saving for your retirement. And then uh, I know for if you land on the middle spot, you were able to get a prize. Of course, for us, we want to make sure that everybody was given prizes so we were able to get promotional items, but it was just a fun activity, um, you know, on a phenomenal event. So, so again, those are things that we're doing because we really want to make sure that people understand the value of saving for their retirement, the value of making sure that they don't wait to the last minute to save. Um, some people may say, well, I'm already in my 50s. It's too late for me to save. No. Now is the time. Make sure that you're able to save, you know, for that rainy day, um, because it, it definitely helps you uh, with understanding the value of um, life, particularly when you think about it right now, as we are working, you know, if people say, well, you know what, if I'm living paycheck to paycheck, you know, I, I can't afford to make sure, make sure I save something for a rainy day. Well, that may not be true. There may be some things that you can look at which, where, you, where you're spending your money at. How are we saving our time at? Because again, the older you're getting, you're not going to have the luxury of saying, well, I'm working this 40 hour work week and I'm going to make this money back. No, because if you're at an age, your health may be in, you know, impaired. I may not be able to work a 40 hour work week. So if I don't have something that's going to be substantial, that's going to help me to go through life and take care of my family, I'm going to be in trouble. So again, just short, taking the time to really just saying, if I'm making $100 a week, if I can save at least 20 to $25 out of that to put on a, to a rainy day, uh, this is going to be a better opportunity for me later on. I'd much rather have $25 out of 100 every week that I'm getting and having that money built up compared to not saving anything at all. And then all of a sudden, what am I going to do now? So again, it is a very powerful program, particularly with really helping people understand that no matter what your income is, you can save something um, for you to have a better day as far as in your retirement or your, or your latter years. Obviously, we could go on and on with this conversation, but our time is up. I oh, do want to, though, um, ask you to let our listeners know 
uh, where they can go if they want to follow up and get more information on the digital divide, the age friendly, friendly community, the, um, the uh, Social Security Administration partnership, um, where can they go to get additional information and how they might uh, participate from or benefit from those efforts? Ms. Janice, I would ask any person that are interested in getting more information about that to call me directly. Um, my telephone number where I can be reached at is 706-261-0420. And I know you probably have somebody in the background saying my pen's not working. So Wallace, please say that number one more time. So that number again is 706-261-0420. And for those that are tech savvy and want to go on our website, please for me to do that. The website that we have is www.aarp.org forward slash GA for Georgia. So again, that's www.aarp.org forward slash GA. And between the website and myself, we'd be more than happy to give you whatever information that you may need. Excellent. Thank you so much. You know, now you're a part of the Local Matters family. So welcome to, to the family. Hey, it's good to be home. <laughs> it's good to be home. And thank you so much, Janice, for allowing us to be here. Anytime that you need us to come back, we'd be more than happy to do so. Local Matters family, again, that was Wallace White of AARP. Next week, my guest will be Erin Quattlebaum. Uh, she's a local parent and educator who has some really insightful things to share with us about the quality of of public education and how we can better advocate for ourselves and our kids. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge demonstrating love for your local community and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and Because Local Matters.